Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Football Edition. I am Joe Marcellina. Joining me again, as always, former high school football coach Mike Lockman. Coach, hey, how thanks are going? for uh, thanks for stopping in again. Thank you. Uh, we're once again recording the show at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua every Tuesday evening this season. Uh, you can come on down and join us. Um, throw French fries at us if you like. Call us some names, whatever. Uh, or you can just send us questions uh, for the following week at nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at nhhsports. You're okay with people throwing French fries I was going to say like, I pr- know, I'd prefer the email on the Twitter, but I mean I have enough indignities maybe, in my know, life. You know, if they just give us a heads up so we can try to catch them. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so here we are. We can finally talk about some real honest-to-goodness football games. Yes. Um and some good ones. Good, yes, some good ones. We're uh, as we were preparing for this, we were talking about you know just what kind of uh, transpired over that first week of the football season. Um, you know, in some ways surprising, in some ways not so surprising. Um, yeah, I, I got the chance to see three games um, over the weekend, which uh, really by Sunday I was uh, I was a little tired Sunday yeah. morning when I got up, but um, you know definitely worth it. I think um, you know that that. Of course, Friday night, that bedford Nashville north game was kind of one that, you know, when I saw the schedules first come out early summer, kind of circled that one as the, the place I wanted to be Friday night. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and despite the score, Bedford ended up winning 31-7. Um, you know, not as one-sided as you might think that was. It was 17-7 going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, you know, a really, really good game, I think, against two teams that are, are going to be there in the end, just that, um, you know, North just really had at times no – um, couldn't take advantage of opportunities. Yeah, uh, you know, and and kind of frustrating to see that, but something I think they'll figure out. And Bedford also did a really good job of of just bending but not breaking. Yeah, and you see that a little bit more earlier in the season, where being an opportunist team is a little harder because, especially with the shortened preseason that you and I have talked about, I think you're still ironing out your own stuff, and it's a little harder to do uh, sudden change management and things like that, you know, turnover generation. And so it doesn't surprise me to hear you say that. I, I didn't see the game. I only read about it. It doesn't surprise me to hear you say that. I did hear, though, that the score wasn't indicative of the competitiveness. No, not, of not at all. Yeah. No. Um, you know, n- what was kind of interesting about it was that North, you know, rotated kind of kind of rotated at quarterback. Um little bit of Mike Loveless, a lot of Curtis Harris, yeah. the quarterback, running more of a, you know, if you will, wildcat-type offense. Um, not sure how much that was the plan. It, it didn't – it sounded like they wanted to do both, but maybe ended up doing one more than the other. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but kind of at times, I think, struggled moving the ball. Um, you know, in Bedford, they might be – a little bit better than I originally thought. Um, you know, they look good in the scrimmage against Salem two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, they sure did. They, you know, they they came out and really, um, like we said, they they gave up yards, but they didn't. When they had to, they made plays. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of what you expect from them, I think. After after what we've seen from them over the years, what do you kind of expect at this point? Yeah. Well, and you think too. I mean, I don't know what North's preseason. Um, I, yeah, I'm not too know, sure either. Schedule look like, but to the point we were making on the last show, um, Bedford and Salem, that Jamboree scrimmage was a, a phenomenal matchup. I mean, they were both very, very, I mean, almost in midseason form, the two of them. So, you know, that's the other edge you could give to Bedford. If they had a much better tune up against Central, 
um, in terms of game speed and physicality and some of the special teams things that you get done there. And North didn't see as good of a, you know, a slate of opponents. Again, with a shortened preseason, that might have been just what Bedford needed to be able to rise up in the fourth quarter and and uh, and get work done. Yeah, it, it was tough to really say with that game how much it might have affected um, either team. Like it, they did, they looked like they were maybe not mid-season form, but at least week one form. Yeah. Um, the other two games, the Winnicott and Wyndham game and the Central BG game uh, that I saw on Saturday, those teams looked. Like, they needed another week or so of the preseason. Um, you know, and, and I think some of the, you know, coaches alluded to that as much. I know Wyndham's Bill Raycraft said that about, about the Jaguars, that, you know, they, they mightily struggled to run the ball. I think they I had them for um, 24 yards rushing on 25 carries against yeah. Winnicott's defense. Which is completely unheard right. of yeah. with the way that yeah. they typically conduct themselves. And part of that was... Um, you run blitzes. Yeah. Um, you know, Wyndham, I guess, they have packages that they put in for those kind of defenses. But watching film from last year, they hadn't seen that from Winniconnet. Yeah. So they didn't put it in. And then that's what Winniconnet came out and did. Right. Um, and, and, we, you know, we talked about that previously, too, where I said, you know, the unfamiliarity. Uh, as much as you think, mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, we've seen them and we've seen them right, on film and right. stuff. Like, not having faced each other a couple years in a row is tough. I think it hurt Wyndham more than it did Winnicott. Um, and, and, and Ron Offont said that it was more, it, they looked at Wyndham's offense and it was like watching Exeter in a mm. sense. Yeah. You know, they run the same, similar offense, different kind of formations. Yeah, but same but concepts. same basic, you know, yep. basic concepts. Um, and that really helped them prepare. But you're right, going the other way, you know, I think it was a little bit, uh, more unknown for Wyndham than it was, you know, for Winnicott. Yeah. Uh, you were, of course, at a D2 game on Saturday. Yeah, uh, I saw a couple games myself this oh, weekend. Okay. I, saw, I saw Merrimack Gosstown and I saw uh, Merrimack Valley versus John Stark. Um, so I guess we could stay D1 yeah, Mer- first. And, and, and one of the more surprising games, I think, of the weekend, that final score from the Merrimack Gosstown game, uh, of course, Merrimack yeah. winning 41-6, to which... I sure didn't see coming. No, I mean, I, I think, you know, I think it could have gone either way. Um, but, you know, Merrimack struggled a little bit last year. Gosstown's been pretty consistently good over the last few years. They had uh, Charlie Keith coming back at quarterback, whereas Merrimack was sort of figuring out their QB situation. Had a lot of holes to fill. But, you know, what it came down to, it w- so very similar to the your story about the, the Bedford North game, I don't, it wasn't as much of a disparity between the two teams as the score would indicate yeah, right um right. which is always kind of unfortunate for the being on the losing side as like god it wasn't that bad you know <laughs> but the reality of it is if i had to sum up what i thought happened there gosstown's pretty good they're still good across the board i think as a team but they just didn't have um a tristan wood and a ben eichmann Guys that can can make plays every time they touch, you know, or, right. or threats to make plays every time they touch the ball. Right. They just those those two guys, and there were other contributors from Aramac certainly, but they didn't have any of those like like really superstar type guys, like game breakers. Like everybody for Goffstown, solid solid player, solid solid guys up front, solid defense, but they just didn't have those two guys. And uh, to me, those two guys made a big difference. Uh, again, along with maybe one, one or two of the other Merrimack players, uh, I wouldn't put them quite on the same level maybe as the, the Grassinis and the, and, um, the, the Eichmann class from of the year before. Years ago. Right? Yeah, you yeah. Know, some of those yeah. other guys. Um, who was the other big player? D- um, Daniil that Tyler they had. Daniil, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know that I would quite go there yet, but They're they not, have yeah. those yeah. 
game breaker type yeah. guys that yeah. Goffstown just didn't have the the Duval right you didn't have that guy that kind of sets up too for this weekend um on saturday a pretty interesting game um uh, nashua north is going to goffstown yeah uh for a saturday afternoon game this week which already and, and uh, week two I mean, is massive two two teams that are sitting at 0-1 um that you know the loser of that game is really going to have their backs against the wall because yeah. you know we're i i delved into this a little bit last year with nashua south starting 0-2 last year how did teams do Owen two teams make the playoffs in this new format? Yeah, and the answer to that was yes, but but really, if tough. you go zero three, then it's almost impossible. Right. Um, so the the loser of that game is going to have to really, you know, if they save their season the following week. Um, yeah. But but that'll be an interesting. I'll be at that one on Saturday. Um, you know, the other um, other kind of surprising score to me, uh, and and I'm I guess I have a little bit of egg on my face for this. You know. Um, not picking this particular team to be in the the postseason when I did my my playoff predictions was uh, Salem beat Exeter twenty eight to seven. Yeah. Um, you know I did think Salem looked really good at the Jamboree, just didn't know how consistent that was going to be or or, where, or you know how how good that was going to you know who who they had to fill in for the players that they lost. Yeah. Um, and they sure, told sure you we're coming like, up, right? Yeah. Didn't they, they told they, you that when you interviewed yeah, they, them. They, um, oh, we got some guys that have been yeah. biding their time. They um they sure showed it Friday night. Yeah. Um, you know, I that was an Exeter team that I'd heard was, you know, pretty solid, maybe not as good as the last couple of, of Exeter teams, but was certainly capable of making a playoff run. But Yeah. Wow. Um <laughs> Yeah, I've seen um I, so I've seen both of those teams. I saw Exeter in the preseason, I saw Salem at the Jamboree. Um, my impression to Exeter w- is they're just they're big and strong and tough. I think what I wonder about with Exeter is it's it was hard to gauge because it was preseason. You don't really know. I, I wonder if they have the team speed. They're certainly strong. It look, you can tell they had a great off season. Their offensive and defensive lines are big, and they can move. But I wonder about just overall team speed. If if they are vulnerable to teams that really key themselves on speed, and and you know they've had teams in the past certainly that have been good, but you know when you get down a couple scores, can you come back from that? And and you know that's maybe something that that, that they can't do as easily as some other teams do. And of course Salem, you know with some some again they they must grow them on trees out there. Just a a stable of running backs it yeah. seems like that 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 can carry the load and. Uh, Riley Mulvey and, and, and Dom Pacey. Yeah. Um, and, and they did it without uh, Maroon. Mar- yeah, yeah. So. Really, really kind of uh, eye-opening there. And um, maybe if I go and redo my picks, my playoff predictions, maybe that's when I should start doing them, after week one. Can that's I right. do that? That's right. I, I think that, so, yeah. Is that allowed? I think you could change them each week. You run the site. You can do whatever you want. That's true. I could <laughs> do that, yeah. I could go back and change them. That's right. You could do whatever you want. No, I wouldn't do that. That's, that's not ethical. I, I think it's not ethical. Um, you know, a, a, and a, a game that, um, you know, really looked to me like it was maybe the game of the week, um, at least on that Friday night, was that Concord-Nashua-South game. Yeah. Um, South got out to an early lead on that one, and I thought, you know, looks like they're, you know, they're doing pretty well. And then all of a sudden, I, you know, I'm t- checking Twitter when I can and see that Concord's gone ahead and South is going for two on a, you know, a, a, a what seemed like to me a random touchdown in the middle of the game and not getting it, therefore – needing to go for two again yep. to tie the game. Um, you know, just kind of a not sh- not entirely sure what the, the situation was with that, uh, but, you know, a tough loss for them, a great win for Concord. Yeah. Especially going into this week, they've got to go to Bedford 
um, on Friday while South comes home and has its opener against BG. Right. Um, you know, really interested to see what kind of comes out of that one too because um, BG, BG struggled at times to move the ball against Central's defense. Um, but Central's defense, I mean, their Central's defensive line is like, yeah, m- man playing boys. Like yeah. it's it, they are they are huge up front. Um, you know, wonder what that what BG might be able to do a little differently against South. Yeah, you know, to to, to start with the Concord game, uh, maybe we shouldn't have been surprised because we saw Concord run up 260 yards against Milford, and Milford's typically Milford's a lot of things, and they're not a lot of things. But one thing Milford's good at is typically is run defense. Right. I right. mean, they're really good at defending the run usually, and and they ran up 260 yards and a half of football. Uh, with a pretty veteran tandem there. I don't remember the, the, the guy's names, but the quarterback is... Uh, Zach Miles. Miles yeah, is yeah. back, right? He yeah. was last year's QB, yeah. and the running back... I, uh, Isaac Gladley? Gladley? Yeah, I, I, I apologize for not knowing that. He, I mean, he was there last year, too, if I'm not mistaken, right. and, yep. and, and, a, and a good player. So so that was... Maybe it shouldn't have surprised us, and, and maybe Concord is somebody to look out for, I think, because that's a pretty good win. Um, and then, like you said, when you look at... Um, south coming in and playing bg well you could it's still so early to understand what's going on right because bg took a a, a tough loss to central but that's a central team that everybody knows offensively defensively is loaded and it's one of those ones i I think i wrote about this you know was up on the site sunday was that on paper central looked like uh, looked dominant yeah you know alex hawkham had the kind of game that you expect from a a three-year starting quarterback um you know their defense was stellar um, but they they left a lot on the board there. Yeah. There were a lot of plays that they didn't make uh, offensively and defensively. That it, I mean, well, that's scary. Been, they yeah, still very came away. And very right. yeah, very very scary. Um, you know, they they did what they needed to do to get the win. Um, I think there's a lot more growth there for them. Um, you know, BG had an interesting kind of situation too. Almost maybe played themselves into a a bit of a quarterback uh, uh, battle there. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they split time between Hayden Moses and Joey De Silva. Um, you know, Moses, I think, has the better arm. They run a better uh, passing game, you know, when he's in there. But De Silva adds a little bit of an element of, of being able to run himself. Yeah. And that seemed to work against Central. And did I see that Hesco threw a touchdown pass? He did. They ran like an option play uh, on, on uh, inside the 10. Um, so some for their first score, yeah, to, okay. yeah, yeah. Because I was like, wow, are they trying him at Q? I, I couldn't no, tell. No, that was no, no. He was not. Uh, they only used did officially use two quarterbacks. Gotcha. They did have three players throw a pass. Though. Yeah, because um, he's a talented kid too. Yeah, so. yeah. So I mean, I wonder if it's you know maybe it's just one of those things. Like with North, they're gonna maybe play it by ear and and see what's working best at the time and yep. what better matchups are. And I don't know. Maybe it's a case where you try to get both kids on the field at the same time and really. You know, really mess with some people. Right. Yeah. It's never your first choice to have that sort of thing, but, I mean, if you can make that work, um, I mean, what's there's the, some advantages. What's the cliche that if you have two you have quarterbacks? Two, you have none. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, yeah, that should be interesting uh, Interesting to see on uh, on Friday night over at Stellos. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Anything else kind of stand out uh, amongst Division One games? Uh, we didn't really actually really talk too much about when a kind of, of course, um, dominating defensive performance, like we said. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to need to be able to throw the ball a little bit more, which could be somewhat of a challenge. Of course, you know, them 
losing um, quarterback Joe LaRosa. Yeah, there's a question uh, mark about yeah, LaRosa's yeah. health. Um, you know, Tyler Hoare came in and, and, and played well enough. Um, but, you know, as they were saying, he's, you know, he, they, they spent all preseason trying to get the quarterbacks up to speed. Now they kind of almost have to start over again. Yeah. Um, going into the second week. The schedule is not too daunting, I don't think, over the next couple of weeks. So that should be a bit of a help. But, yep. um, you know, they, they also lost a lot uh, from last year's team. And still, there didn't seem to be that much of a drop off, at least defensively. Yeah, and and Wyndham, you know, everybody can look at that and say, oh, well, that was a D two team that came up, big deal. They, I mean, Wyndham's a good program. They've, they, they've yeah. got numbers. Yeah, they've got an off season program that's very good. They've got years of success behind them. To hold a team like Wyndham to, you know, less than a hundred, forget about less yeah. than fifty yeah. rushing yards, is uh, I I don't think so much a testament to Wyndham not being as good. Uh, in D1, I think it's a testament to how good when it kind of well, defense there was there was also, um, as Wyndham was trying to tie the game late, um, throwing the ball more, and they had a, I don't know exactly what the play was that they were running, but they had something, they were finding something where just someone was getting behind the defense, every, and they just couldn't connect yeah. on that so pass. It was like, it was like right there, you know, that and that maybe changes the game if they're able to hit on one of those. Yep. Um, so you know they're they're definitely a team that that looks like it belongs in Division One. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, hey, that's the undefeated state champion that didn't win. They kind of have to come back, or was it? Were they all? Oh yeah, they were down. They were down three two at halftime. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> in the fifth yeah. inning. Yeah, uh, and then ten uh, two. Yeah, in the third quarter. So they absolutely belong. Yeah. Um, you know, as we said, you were at a uh, D two game there, John Stark Merrimack Valley, kind of a. A rough one for uh, for Merrimack Valley. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, f- I felt kind of bad about that. You know, I, I was kind of hoping to see a good um, a, a good game, but it, it, it you know I, what I think, quite honestly, I, and I, you know there was a parent of one of the kids in the stands that was next to me that uh, was a really nice guy. I was talking to me. I said, hey, I said don't, I said don't be let down. By, it was a Valley parent. I said don't be let down by this. I said I think John Stark is actually really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was pretty impressed with. I mean, for everything that we knew, they lost, inclusive of. Um, Macquarie going to St. Paul school. Um, the execution that I saw on Stark's offensive and defensive side, I mean, both, they were good. Um, they were mammoth in the middle of their defense in terms of just uh, they had two defensive tackles playing in there that just, they, they Valley couldn't block them. Yeah. And, and then uh, you have a free safety running back, uh, Jacob Cole, who scored three touchdowns in the first half and made a made a bunch of tackles he's a solid athlete for any type of team um so yeah it was it wasn't as good of a game as you would have hoped but uh but i i think stark might be worthy of having in the conversation because yeah. they they did execute well and they've got some definite size and speed so that game was was definitely one-sided um you had plymouth beating bow 19 to 7 at a 12 point margin there um remar- but just kind of Every other game in D2 last week, though, decided by a touchdown yeah. uh, or less, uh, or eight points or less, I should say. Yeah, um, and, and a lot of them were interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, you had um, Alvern coming in for their premier Division Two game and uh, going against a Pelham team that we were saying, hey, that might be in a very, very yeah. even Division Two South. They and um, St. Thomas might be two of the favorites. And that game was scoreless at halftime. Yeah. Um, so all the scoring in that one in the second half. 
Um, St. Thomas got ahead of Sauhegan a little bit there, but Sauhegan had a chance to come back. Um, St. Thomas won 27-21, but I um, believe Sauhegan had a, had the ball and a chance to tie or go ahead in the last in the you know final like couple of minutes there, which if I'm not mistaken was the same, same way thing. that last year played yep. out when same those two thing teams last played. Year. Um, you know that the Milford Hollis Brookline game went back and forth. I mean Hollis was up early, Milford yep. came back, and Milford was up two scores I yes. think. Um, you know, until before Hollis came back. So yeah. that just, you know, very entertaining sounding game. Kennett Hanover, Kennett had a lead for a little bit there. Hanover ends up coming back, winning twenty seven twenty. You know, Sanborn and West was a close game. Guilford Belmont Pembroke, uh, Guilford had to come back and win that one, I believe. Just yeah, you know, really, who, whoever put the schedules together, they did a, a good job in D one having all crossover games so we really didn't know what to expect right and in d2 they just you know with the exception of that that one game put together some evenly matched teams yeah and as much as the the scores were close in d2 you look at some of the circumstances right again like i said alvern wins 14 to 6 over pelham i'm not sure i would have expected that uh it was a close game but i'm not sure i would have expected that given alvern uh coming down but pelham being a, a strong a very team good, yeah very good team sauhegan st thomas i mean sauhegan's a team that returned three starters on one side of the ball three or four on the other uh against the st thomas team that admittedly is also reloading but they brought back a key piece in decorn mm-hmm. they had a really right. good running back coming back sauhegan plays them down to the wire you know great game good for them then very uh you know circumstance with hollis and milford you have a playoff team from last year returning a ton of um key people but yeah. yeah filling in some guys on the line milford who had uh you know a really down year for them last year and then they play down to the wire so it's each game was a different circumstance and each one ended up being really close which leads me to say i don't know what to expect from <laughs> d2 still well, i don't know what any I mean, of it means some of the games that are coming up this week too i mean are, are you know hollis brookline's going to hanover on friday rematch of last year's quarterfinal yeah who knows there? Right. Uh, St. Thomas going on the road again this week to play at Alvern. Um, yeah. I, I mean that. I, I don't know what to really expect from that game. That, but that you know that should be an interesting one. Um, you I know, I, I, I Milford it then hosts um, Manchester West on Friday. Yeah. I mean West is is a better team than they have have been. I mean, I you know I'm not really sure what to expect from that one. No. Um, so he can plays Conval who just. One uh, had a close game with Kingswood, yeah. right? Yeah, and Pelham goes to Sanborn, which you know, before Alvern, they that Sanborn was the last team to to, to beat Pelham, actually to right. score on Pelham, uh, you know, the middle of last year. So yeah. yeah, this this week, and then John Stark's going to Plymouth, right? So that I mean that. So we'll know whether what I just said about Stark is <laughs> how, how, <laughs> is how legit that is. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I I mean, yeah. I still maybe think that 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 that. The Plymouth and, and St. Thomas are, are maybe the teams at the top of the pecking order in, yep. in Division Two, but maybe not as far as, as we might have thought. Yeah. Well, then you think about the cluster here in uh, southern New Hampshire of Hollis, Brookline, Sauhegan, and Milford. And to me, having seen those teams n- now to some degree, right, um, any one of those teams might be able to beat the other. And if you lose, you lose to two of them, you're you might in be trouble. in trouble, yeah. you yeah. know, yeah. Um, especially if you're, you know, right now Milford and Sauhegan are already down one. Uh, you know, if you're a Milford or a Sauhegan, you lose to the other. That might be it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's that's a 
that's a tough call to make at this point. But <laughs> those become very big yeah. games and, and fun games because they're local rivalries. So, yeah. um, you know, moving on to D three, um, kind of the opposite of of what D two was last week. Whereas D two had mostly close games with one blowout. D three had all blowouts except yeah. for that um, Hillsborough Deering Hopkinton Laconia game. Of course. Uh, Hillsborough winning twenty to fourteen behind a uh, from what I read a big game from uh, a guy that you mentioned you you called out in the preseason uh, yeah. so I'll give you a little bit of credit for that the uh, Col- Colby <laughs> quiet Colby quiet right um, a good, good big game, game on, on both, both sides side, yeah both sides of the ball yeah uh, Jacob Steele had a big game uh, there for Laconia too yeah no so surprise that, there I yeah mean, he's just talented yeah um, but I mean you look at the, the rest of the games and and you know Manadnock blew out Interlake Smoltenboro both playoff teams from last year yeah. Campbell did the same to Summersworth, both playoff teams. Trinity, in its first varsity game in over a year, uh, you know, crushed Kearsarge uh, Mount Royal, which yeah, I, I, that kind of surprised me. Um, Trinity had that transfer from Newport. Yeah. What was that? What's that uh, his name? Tebow. Jo- uh, Josh Tebow. Yeah, yeah, who ran for... He had a big game. Yeah, I an inordinate yeah. amount of yards. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was all, yeah. I think it was like 200 yards. I mean, he had a big game. So it, it was kind of like, the, you know, um, oh, let's see, got that right here. Three, uh, three touchdowns, 200 yards. Yeah. Um, yeah. So very big game for him. Um, you know, but the the breakdown, of course, most of the the teams that were in D3 last year that are still in D3 made the playoffs. Right. Were playoff teams from a year ago. Uh, so a lot of these are playoff matchups. Of course, some of these teams in different situations, like you know, Epping U- Newmarket has gone, you know, coaching change, you know, lost a bunch of seniors from last year's team. Newport, as we said, lost um, its best player to Trinity. Yep. Um, new coach there. Interlakes Moltenboro, I know, graduated some kids. Summersworth graduated some pretty good kids. But Monadnock, it must be, uh, they returned just about everybody. Yeah. Campbell returned just about everybody. I wonder if there's still, you know, how what's going to happen if this, like, continues? Like, what if there's three or four teams that are consistently blowing everybody? I mean, are are people going to start? Start. Or, and, 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 you know, we haven't seen Division Four play yet. They, right. They start this coming Saturday, Friday, Saturday, um, only playing a seven-game season, so two bye weeks for them. Yeah. What if some of those are games or blowouts? You know, are, are people going to start clamoring for – Division five now. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I people don't need to start clamoring for more kids in the weight room. You know, I, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's only so far you can take that before you got to start figuring out how do you get the kids in the program to improve. Uh, and that, and that's not a comment on any of the, the coaches or so, but like, that, but that's that's the reality. It's up to the kids to to hey, are we going to put the off season time in? Are we going to be multi sport athletes and get better? Or you know, are we hanging around and hoping that we're better this year without any activity? Creating a new division isn't going to change <laughs> that, you know. It's no, I I agree with that. Um, you know, I want to take a quick look ahead to next week. I know we talked a little bit about some games that are coming up. Um, that big one being uh, one of the bigger ones being BG at South, at least locally yep. um, around Nashua. Um, hoping I, I I you know still you know it's funny. Last week we were sitting here doing this and I had everything fi- finalized. Who was going to what games? What what was going to get covered? And I attribute that to having two months to prepare. Um, here we are this week. It's same same day, Tuesday. Um, you had Labor Day, so we, we're behind. I feel like I'm behind it. Yeah, it feels like a Monday. Yeah, um, and I know about half of what's going on yeah. for this week. <laughs> I know where I'm going to be. BG Nashua South. 
Uh, I know we'll have the Salem Londonderry game covered, which that's a huge, that's a game. huge one. Uh, rivalry game. Yeah, really you fun. Know, two teams that and we didn't even mention Londonderry blowing no. blowing out Portsmouth Oyster River. Yeah, um, and, and putting a hurt on them. Yeah. I know uh, Portsmouth was banged up a little bit, but yeah. Londonderry we all thought was going to be pretty good. Yeah, they're yeah. pretty good, I think. Yeah. Um, and then we'll have that, that West Milford game covered on, on Friday, hoping for a few others. Um, and then on Saturday, I'll be at the North Goffstown game. We'll also have the Epic Newmarket-Campbell game covered. Yeah. So, um, Any others that kind of stand out? I, I think uh, maybe the biggest one, as we said, that St. Thomas Alvern game. Um, I'm really curious as to what's going to go on there. Yeah. Yeah, because it could be. I mean, I, I've seen Alvern. They're much improved. I mean, so forget about relatively improved meaning they're being in d2 now so they're much improved over where they were last year they they have better team speed i think they look um much more comfortable in their own skin now that uh coach roth is in his second year um so i think that's that's going to be a really good one and um you know the exeter who's exit I, I just had it who's exeter playing it's um timberland timberland right that becomes a big game of two zero and one teams early on, right? Um, Timberlane, lot expected with their uh, their star quarterback coming back, and uh, in his third year in Exeter, uh, in an unfamiliar zero and one position after the Salem. Yeah, game, I meant to so look that up. Like, when was the last time? A couple of these teams, Exeter, Wyndham. You know, when was the last time they lost? Goffstown. I mean, I couldn't even tell you. I don't know if has Wyndham ever lost a season opener. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. That's a good question. To yeah. Go back to probably when they were in like D five. Yeah. Um, you know, really, really not sure. Um, you know, one thing that I uh, had been hoping to get to today on the site but really didn't have a chance, uh, unfortunately. Um, once again, getting to vote in the uh, union leader power poll. Uh, so maybe run down the, the top ten real quick. Um, of course, we had our, the preseason poll was out last week. This week, uh, week one poll or after week one results, Pinkerton stayed at number one. Bedford was number two. Winnicunit three, Salem four, Central five, Londonderry six, Plymouth seven, Merrimack eight, Exeter nine, Campbell ten. Yeah. That looked right to you. <laughs> I'm actually a little surprised. Uh, I'm actually a little surprised that Merrimack wasn't higher with a with a yeah. pretty convincing win over what was the number five team, Goffstown, last week. Which, by the way, has been unceremoniously just eliminated yeah. from yeah. this list, apparently. Yeah. Um, uh, I should say others receiving votes were Wyndham, St. Thomas, North conquered so yeah getting a little bit of love there um just not enough to get in the top 10 actually i might have been the lone north uh voter there i think i still I, I, why don't i do that i'll give you my uh Hear what you my vote, poll yeah. for the week yeah i had pinkerton number one bedford two central three winnicott four um that i mean and then salem five those three i feel though like i you could have moved those yeah. around anywhere yeah um you know that maybe i put that that way just based on potential um Londonderry six, Merrimack seven, Plymouth eight, and then I had North and Exeter nine ten. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. You could look at um, you could look at Salem as being a little higher too, given what we just said, which is when's the last time Exeter dropped a week one? Right. And you say, yeah, you know, and and Winnicott, sure, good game, but against a a, a <laughs> team that had previously been right. in D two, right? And so still a little bit of an unknown there about what Winnicott really really accomplished um i mean i think that i think it's a big deal i think beating Wyndham is a big deal yeah but uh but uh, you know to be seen these are always much harder at this phase of the season because <laughs> you just don't know no, you know yeah yeah 
yeah, it'll it'll work itself out, especially this week. I think, it, um, of course, Salem and Londonderry playing, uh, Bedford and Concord playing. Um, so, yeah, some of this stuff will start to work itself out. Yeah. Any other final thoughts before we say farewell for the week? No, I don't think so. I think it, this was it was a fun week one. I mean, there yeah, was a lot of yeah. interesting stuff that happened that either you wouldn't have expected or you know, Division Two again, like we said, like close games across the board. Um, it I think was we'll an know in- more. Yeah. It was an interesting enough week where I felt like I was on my phone a lot, turning to the people around me like, "Oh my God, did you see this? Yeah, did you see this? Yeah." So yeah, very, very entertaining. Hopefully, hopefully that continues throughout the season. Yeah, I think so too. I'm looking forward to seeing more of what develops i'm looking forward to seeing some of these kids you know we didn't even talk about pinkerton because that that game was (laughs) was kind of a kind of a blowout unfortunately but i'm looking forward to seeing pinkerton hit some matchups in the coming weeks it'll be good well he is mike lockman uh mike thanks again for uh for joining us absolutely i am joe marcellina thank you all for listening we'll talk to you next week